0: Today, we bask in the light of, you fucking know what, mustachioed greatness. Yes, we are going back to the Chuck Norris well. Why? Well, because I hate myself. But you know what? This time, we were actually... You know, there were some moments... If you were to fast-forward the, sh- the, the slow-mo fight scenes, the movie's like an hour and 15 minutes. That's pretty good. So, yes, we are honoring Chuck Norris, but don't get it twisted because we are also honoring for a second time the legendary Ron O'Neill, who we honored back at our Superfly episode. Now... Let's not waste any more time. I got a good guest on the show. I want to talk about this movie. So let's jump on our skateboards, head to the sporting goods store, melt some drugs in wax, and make them fat stacks, bitch, because it's 1979 and we got front row tickets to the most boring mixed martial arts fight in the city. Now play that shit theme song. All right. Oh, God. I'm still recovering. It's the Mustachio Podcastio, yeah. we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll face ghosts, and then we'll all go home. That's the lens, hairy upper lips It's the Mustachio Podcastio. Yeah. All right, welcome to the Moustache of von Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel Segura, and today I bring back uh, half of the McCullum Brothers. Um, <laughs> the Terry McCullum, the one I like more. Uh, <laughs> you better. Because we both have drinking issues. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can relate to each other. Yeah. And uh, the last time you heard his wonderful voice, uh, his, picks, his Pittsburghian voice, is
1: it Pittsburghian? The Pittsburghies. <laughs> Pittsburghies. <laughs> so yeah it's even worse
0: no way it's actually pittsburghese
1: uh, most people just call it the yinzer accent but i have heard people say pittsburghese that's <laughs> that's how i've heard it most mostly never pittsburghian
0: i like pittsburghian it sounds very like official and, like. it sounds on, better know. yeah it does um you last
1: time we heard you was uh Willy wonka right Willy wonka yeah
0: holy shit we needed you back
1: yeah, sadly, Shane could not be here due to an unforeseen prior engagement, so you only get me. Yeah, I get Sorry, hairy. listeners.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot less bickering uh, this episode, <laughs> but as soon as Shane is ready to come back, we will be sure to have you both back on because we already know what we're doing.
1: So. Oh, and it's going to be a hell of an episode. <laughs>
0: so, Dude, what is your experience with – uh, have you had? Have you seen a Force of One? What's your experience with Chuck Norris movies in general?
1: <laughs> My experience with Chuck Norris is super duper little. You know what? Over on the on the uh, the Grindbin Mini Bin, which oh, you yeah. can hear for as little as two dollars a month, if you go to Patreon dot com slash Grindbin. Uh, a few Are months back. You? <laughs> No, I just thought I'd uh, I just thought I'd throwing help out little, some pals, you know, th- throwing the plug for them. Nice, but no. Uh, several months back, uh, we did an episode of Walker Texas Ranger on the mini bin. I remember absolutely nothing about it, other than it was it had Ernest Borgnine and something about a wrestler who dies in the ring. Oh shit! Th- not not terribly memorable.
0: <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> and, hardcore, though.
1: <laughs> but other than that, I've never seen one of his movies. And after watching this movie. I would not assume that this is very highly regarded, even amongst the Norris heads, the Chuck heads. I'm going to tell
0: you, Terry, this is honestly one of the most lively... parts (laughs) parts <laughs> I've,
1: I've ever seen him in
0: because he's usually just like a doorknob or a piece of wood
1: he's just and, a you know he, he tries to be like stoic action guy but he just does not pull that off
0: he's too nice looking he, <laughs> he's not very intimidating no um you know he's got a dope mustache i'll give him that good great head of hair he's got the chest hair oh pumpkin. yeah oh the you
1: mustache know? is in full force in this movie Oof. i mean this one is ideal uh in fact a lot of freaking mustaches in this movie. Like every, yeah, where you look. This is prime like seventies. I think that was part of the casting call. It's like if you're an if you're a male actor who wants to be in this movie, you got to show up with a stash, minimum <laughs> minimum <laughs> prerequisite.
0: And if you're a woman with a mustache, eh, we'll have you in the streets. You know, you bro, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I was just amazed at. I actually like this movie a lot more than the one um not to give away you know I'll I'll, uh-huh. I'll rate it when we get to rate it but I did like it, and it's not saying much, but I liked it more than Silent Rage, which which was uh, one of the... I think we've covered two movies, but one was Silent Rage, and in that one, he is absolutely, like, unbearable. (laughs) Really? Yes. I just could not... That movie pissed me off, and I only gave it a decent rating because my brother liked it so much. (laughs) And he has, like, a weird fucking way of convincing me, or I just feel bad to let him down, so I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I guess... I you want to show, a- uh,
1: you know, you want to cut
0: them some slack. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, is it a brother loyalty, you know? <laughs> so I actually, there are some parts. I, I got to say, because, by the way, y'all, the premise of this movie, you don't have to watch it, but if you do want to see it, it's on Tubi. It's free. Yes. Give it a watch if you're bored. It's 90 minutes, goes by pretty quick. It's not less than 90 minutes, really. Um, but basically, the premise is you got a bunch of cops, there's some the murders happening that are drug related. Uh, the guy that's doing the killing
1: knows knows karate. Yeah.
0: So they hire a karate guy. It's uh, a really
1: it's a really great premise. An entire detective the- precinct has to learn karate just to catch a karate killer,
0: which they never fucking use, really. Like, no, that, it's so stupid. The premise I wish, is ret-
1: <laughs> I wish that's how all crime fighting worked. I, I almost said the whole word. The premise is very R-worded. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is uh it's so far-fetched but it's 1979 y'all we're, we've had so many cop movies so many different cop movie premises and we finally got to the point where we're hiring a karate guy to save the day
1: yeah and i also like how it's weirdly kind of a giallo movie because it's about oh, yeah, the cops about like that. trying to solve the crime but you so you also got the karate aspect which is nice which is fun
0: yeah yeah i think what would have what would have made this a doper watch is if it was rated R and the killings were a little more fierce. Oh yeah, there's really no blood. Not not no. really, not much. Everyone just gets kind of
1: pummeled. I no, guess. I I, I got to be honest. For a movie starring Chuck Norris, the man who's like, his whole reputation is that he's like badass action star. The action in this movie is really fucking dull. At least I thought.
0: <laughs> Yo, you're right. You're right. <laughs> They're, I'm telling you, I it blows my mind how popular he was. I, I love the guy just out of, honestly, out of just irony. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just weird. But I do like the guy uh, as a yeah. movie person. <laughs> but And as a, I respect his karate skills because he does do cool shit. It's just the movie Absolutely. seems to be finding the best way to make his cool shit look boring as fuck.
1: Yeah, it's somehow... It, it, uh like there are entertaining parts of this movie for sure but it's like man it's like they somehow make this type of movie just seem very limp and kind of lifeless in a lot of spots
0: it's oh my god there's so many moments where i'm like all you had to do was make a deal with some shitty um you know late 70s band and just make <laughs> a deal with them and play their fucking music while you're yeah. doing the the fight scenes are so boring because there's literally no music it's just You know, (laughs) it's like, dude, the Power Rangers had this down better than this. Jesus, I'm so fucking bored watching these grown men fight. I
1: oh, there's so many missed opportunities. I think maybe because like I think maybe because this was 1979, I feel like that type of, you know, 80s action movie type of rock music, you know, that hadn't really developed yet in 1979. Like, like, what was really your option? And I don't know, I guess they could have put some disco songs. Behind the fight scenes, you're right. But, but I, even that, yeah. but even that would have been cool.
0: Yeah, like Dolomite would always have like some cool funk music or yeah. some disco music going on. Which yeah, it's freaking cool. But it would look really dumb with Chuck. So maybe they were like, let's just not use <laughs> any music because we can't be playing the mamas
1: and the papas. Well, <laughs> our-
0: <laughs> or there's a fight scene going on.
1: We're playing the Carpenters in the background.
0: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work out as well. So let's just just have grunts. They were just like, let's not even bother. Oh my God, dude. Um and I didn't really know much about this movie. I I uh I recognize a couple of faces. Um but really a lot of these actors are pretty um you know, they, they had careers, but Yeah. You know, in fact I was actually <sighs>
1: curious to ask you about whether or not you had like seen this before or knew much about it, or if like this this was just like, you know, really digging to the bottom of the Norris barrel. So in classic
0: podcastial uh strategy here, I basically <sighs> was like I'm going to see what kind of Chuck Norris movies uh, uh, that they have on, on a uh, Tubi. So I searched it and I saw the, I just was going to go by cover and I like the cover yeah. y'all for this movie. is <laughs> so ridiculous. It's him. <laughs> and we're, I think we're, we're, he's facing us and he's like, he's inside a, tr- a neon triangle. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really didn't.
0: <laughs> it I makes don't... no sense to the movie. Like absolutely nothing.
1: No, I remember. Cause when you sent me the image, I remember thinking, what, It's one of those things where you look at the poster and, like, I'm not sure what type of movie this is supposed to be. Okay, I know it's supposed to – it's a Chuck Norris movie, so, of course, it's like an action – Some martial arts Martial arts arts film. But, like, him in the triangle and, like, he's facing us but his head is somehow turned. It looks – Like I really, it was a real head scratcher of a poster.
0: Yeah, and if anything, it looked like maybe he was going to use like some ancient power, or or he was going to there was going to be a lot of meditation involved in this or something because he's like in this like nice like meditation. um, Yeah, because when
1: when when I honestly when I first looked at it for some reason, just for some reason the, the the thing that was conveyed to me through the image is I thought. Oh, is Chuck Norris psychic in this movie? Like, I don't know. That was the first place my brain went, <laughs> <That would laughs> simply be by like So looking... cool. <laughs> He's psychic. Like, psychic Chuck Norris, dude. He touches both of his temples. He's just like, hmm. I'm getting a reading. I think. <laughs> I think I know where he is. Like, I can. <laughs> I see a vision. Oh, like he's where... like a
0: he's like a medium hired by the cops, so he can't use karate. They just want him to figure out the crimes through
1: his medium. No, power. they
0: just they just
1: need his clairvoyance. It's like, "All right, Chuck, you got to tell us when's the killer going to strike again and where is it going to happen?"
0: Oh my god, that would like, be a yeah. whole different movie. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been different, you know, if he was like just going against the grain. He's like, "You know what? I don't want to throw a punch in this movie." I want my mind to do all the powers, you know, all the strength. <laughs> but, yes, I did not know what to expect either. I literally picked it. I played the movie. I watched, like, the first 15 minutes. I, Mike always taught me this. He always, uh, from the grind bin, he always watches the first 15 minutes, and he decides whether he's going to cover it or not. And mm-hmm. I actually thought the first 15 weren't that bad. I thought it was kind of a, a pretty – It's it was seeming to come to, to come together kind of cool. It's not until you get to, like, oh, man, like – the third act,
1: it yeah. really starts
0: unraveling pretty quickly.
1: I agree with you. Like, this movie actually started off promising enough. It's like, you know, we're trying to catch the kid on the skateboard, then the guys get killed. I was like, okay, I think I might be into this. And now there's, like, karate and whatnot. But, yeah. man, when it loses steam, it loses steam fast Oof. and hard.
0: It like, gets geez. rough, man. Um. <laughs> But we'll, you know, we'll we'll break it down for y'all. We're going to kind of, you know, we're not going to go too into detail because this is a Chuck Norris movie. There's really yeah. not a whole bunch to it, but we'll – It's not a very give...
1: detailed movie. No,
0: it's not. So... We'll get through this up fairly quickly, but uh, I do have some yeah. notes I want to cover, and I'm sure, Terry, you have some comments for some scenes. So, <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Um, the fact that the movie opens up, we get these two cops. They're at yeah, we're figuring they're cops just because they're scoping out. Unless they're just wanting to look at this kid on a skateboard, but I, <laughs> who apparently is a angel dust dealer. Yeah,
1: I feel like both- angel
0: dust dealers don't have the same clout as like a coke dealer or heroin dealer back then. You know? Yeah, angel dust.
1: Maybe I don't know. It sounds too pretty. You know, like angel dust. It does. Ha! <sighs> angel dust. Like you sound like a fucking wimp. <laughs>
0: Yet you know I did have a friend. I mean,
1: oh, go ahead. Nothing. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, when you refer to it as like coke, like cocaine, like it just has such a hard sound to it. Like if you're coming up with slang terms for coke, like why, why angel dust?
0: Yeah, Angel Dust is just weird. And apparently, I think Angel Dust is a mixture. I think it's like, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. i think oh, you wrong. Okay. But I think Angel Dust is a mix of Coke and maybe like some kind of hallucinogen or something like that, like an acid maybe. Oh, okay. Because um, I had a friend that actually used to do Angel Dust uh, way back in high school, and he uh, would randomly just fall to the ground and have like a <laughs> little bit of a seizure. Oh, my <laughs> and, God. And then he would come like for like four or five seconds. Like we never had to like pick him up or put him on the side. He would get right back up and he'd be like, whoa, what happened? And we're like, dude, you fell to the ground. You started shaking for a second. He's like, oh man, it's that angel dust, bro. That shit still sneaks up on me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, Well, I'm not doing that drug ever. I was like, Jesus.
1: we just fallen all over the place. It's like, I don't know. I don't think that sounds too worth it.
0: No shit. And just to make things weirder, he actually, we his nickname was Jesus because he lived, um, his parents owned an old church that wasn't in operation anymore and it was in our neighborhood wow. so we would like get high
1: like in the altar
0: <laughs> oh that sounds <laughs> pretty dope that sounds like
1: that sounds like a fucking experience like at an altar dude with like it all is the crazy. candles and shit surrounding you yeah
0: all the like the stained glass and shit and it was fucking crazy man we would get so yeah. fucked up at that place <laughs> uh, anyway high school was fun so <laughs> they they kind of tell this kid they he goes into this little shop it's christmas time by the way so this is a christmas movie technically
1: do they okay i need to ask <laughs> is the word christmas ever explicitly mentioned once in no, the movie just because to... there's christmas shit all in the there background is. but I, I i think they just forgot i think they didn't even realize
0: yeah they never say it um there's like a part where in this beginning part where they the kid skates past some christmas carolers yeah, and they're singing a Christmas song, but nobody says Christmas, happy Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. But you see, like you said, you see a bunch of shit everywhere, uh, decorations and shit going on. Yeah, everyone has in, Christmas trees throughout the whole fucking mul- movie in multiple scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, like it's like did everyone have a Christmas? That must have been like a production nightmare. They're like, oh shit, we're in a new <laughs> setting and we gotta need need a new fucking tree. Shit. <laughs>
1: This movie was the real diehard of its day.
0: It was, and I fucking <laughs> I, I look look I I don't mind decorating a Christmas tree, but it can be one of the most annoying things as well. Like if you're not in the mood for it, oh uh,
1: yeah, it's because like that's a whole lot of tree to cover.
0: It is, dude. And then I get too drunk, and I get up in the morning, and it's like <laughs> half done. <laughs> <laughs> so the kid goes in. He comes out because he had like I think he had like an envelope or something. And he comes oh, out yeah. holding something. So they're like, yeah, this kid definitely is in on something.
1: He's doing something. Yeah, and like the rookie cop is like, I don't know. I don't think we should bust him without a warrant. But then the other guy says some shit where he's like, we don't need a warrant. I know exactly what he's up to.
0: I know. And ironically, he's one- that guy's <laughs> name is Murphy, which made me think of
1: RoboCop. <laughs> He's one of those cool cops.
0: He was like RoboCop's younger, like one of his relatives. So they just <laughs> – all the Murphys become cops and fucking die. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they decided to break into this shop, this sporting goods shop, trying to look for evidence as to you know where they might be holding drugs. And I Murphy yeah. has one of the best – or Murph. I don't know. It could be Murphy or Murph. I think it's Murph. He mm-hmm. um, has one of the best – like, finding skills. This dude finds drugs, like, inside a jacket? Like, almost immediately. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Like, they didn't have a dog. They could have just worked in a dog that's found it. Something. But no, this guy just picks a jacket out of a rack of all kinds of fucking jackets and
1: just This guy has, like, He has, like, Predator heat vision, except it can detect drugs (laughs) behind... uh, It detects drugs in, like, jacket pockets or some shit. I don't
0: know. It's (laughs) insane. And then a fucking Foot Clan guy comes through. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> from the Ninja Turtles and fucking sneaks attack his ass, beats his ass. And then his stupid partner was like yap yapping about like his favorite baseball glove and how it's yeah. 50 he bucks. has a
1: whole he has a whole monologue running through the whole scene.
0: So annoying. Uh, that guy fucking <laughs> dies and gets thrown into an anima- animatronic Santa.
1: <laughs> Thank God
0: they just get clapped hard by the Foot Clan guy and uh, then fucking uh... ethered. <laughs> They fish out Murph's body and the other guy. I don't know the other guy's name. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's funny because they fish him out in like a perfectly human shaped basket for. Yeah. I didn't know these. I didn't know these existed. I'm like, are so many humans getting having to get pulled out of the ocean that they have little baskets for us? I guess so. (laughs) It's fucking weird, dude. Um, And this is when we meet, I think, my favorite character of the movie, which is uh, the lieutenant. Um, I I forget his last name. It's like Lieutenant some shit,
1: but... I I forget everybody's name.
0: Yeah, this movie does not (laughs) help with you remembering names uh, at all. Absolutely not. But uh, the lieutenant, he has this giant... He's, like, so (laughs) typical. He has a giant trench coat. He's just chewing up the scenery with doing... He's doing, like, a weird kind of Jimmy Stewart-type voice or something, and... Well, we we gotta hire that Chuck Norris. (laughs) LAUGHTER yeah, that's kind of how he sounds. Uh, we get one hell of a mustache uh, in this scene, by the way, uh, when we cut to the precinct and we see good old Ron O'Neill. Oh, yes. Still sporting a mustache like a sewing bitch. He's looking great. And there's no Chuck
1: Norris, by the way. We have not seen Chuck Norris yet in this movie. We get about no. – it's almost like Every- they threw
0: him in last minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> everything that's happening right now before we meet Chuck is the foreplay. It's like, everyone knows he's coming, but it's like, you know, you gotta hold back a little bit. Yeah, we're trying to find a good reason for him to work his way into this movie. <laughs> and uh, they learned,
0: they have a, a, a lab doctor guy that's letting them know, like, well, they got their
1: windpipes smashed and they strangled in their own blood and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, all we could find was Goose Down and... <laughs> Everyone in the room is just like, "Goose down, Goose down. What the hell does that mean?" And isn't it like, it means weapon unspecified?": Yeah, I had no idea that that was the I think thing. I think the writer probably just came up with that, and he really wanted it to catch on. It's like, oh, everybody's going to be saying "Goose down once Force <laughs> of One comes out. Everybody <laughs> loves Chuck." He just really thought he, he thought it was going to become part of the popular lexicon. And, which it did not.
0: And to be honest, these detectives may be the finest group of undercover cops I've ever seen in my life because they all <laughs> look like just regular ass people like at a city hall community meeting or something. They like do, <laughs> yeah. None of them look like cops. Like maybe that that kind of corny ass white dude maybe, but <laughs> even he doesn't really seem like a cop. He looks like like used car salesman or something. It's just <laughs>
1: really weird. It's like you would you would never suspect these guys. No, like man, they found if they were really... going undercover. <laughs>
0: yeah, they found a good <laughs> group of guys. And at some point, I, I have it in my notes that the lieutenant actually says because they're so puzzled as to this scenario where <laughs> these two cops get freaking killed. There's no weapons. They never even shot a, a a shot, you know. They never even shot toward a yeah. person. So they're very like, "What the hell happened?" And the, and the lieutenant says, "It's like they ran into something from outer space." <laughs> I'm like, "Good job, lieutenant. Thanks for the doing a great job." Thanks for the educated guess. Jesus. And then, of course, it finally takes the female detective, Detective Rust, to say something, and she gets it right on the fucking dot right away. She knows exactly what <laughs> happened. Yes. She's like, "What if like a kind of a stealth fighter ninja person kind of came through and fucked him up?" I'm like, oh, maybe <laughs> I don't know.
1: Could and then be. everybody's just like, "Ooh, that would make for a great movie." <laughs> yeah, you know
0: what? We might need to
1: hit up Chuck Norris
0: because <laughs> they cut to his little. They cut to Chuck Norris and he's uh, sporting some golden gloves. Yeah, and uh, we get one of those boring ass fights
1: in this movie. He's... It goes, yeah, it goes on, like, just a bit too long.
0: Yeah, he's fighting a guy that looks like Luigi. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of I, slow
1: motion. I straight up thought that this was just a boxing match when I watched this at first. <laughs> and I had to remind myself, oh, wait, no, this is supposed to be karate. Yeah. But, I don't know, it was it was 1979, maybe, like, you know, Rocky's real big right now, so, like, make it look like boxing.
0: Yeah, it kind of looks like, uh... Your standard kickboxing, because it's not necessarily mixed martial arts, because they don't have any ground fighting. No. But it's a lot of just kicking and, and punching and stuff, and he wins pretty easily. But it's yeah. so weird. The ADR's so bad because there's moments <laughs> where people fall on the mat, like, full, like, all their weight fall on the mat, and you hear
1: nothing. All you hear is the crowd.
0: <laughs> it's like, this is not
1: dynamic at all. This is just Oh, weird. no. There's, like, no impact. There's, uh... <phone rings>
0: the south overflows with history and character from haunted farmhouses to ghostly hotel guests and cemetery wanderers there are more than a few urban legends born in the deep south i'm ashley McLaughlin, and i'm going to tell you a scary story each week centered around a spooky happening from south of the mason dixon on southern Haunts podcast where i cover everything from cryptids to true crime find southern Haunts podcast Wherever you get your podcasts, I've heard video games have better sound effects. <laughs> it's just so bad. Uh, then after that, we head out and uh, with the detectives, and we see Chuck Norris. Uh, he's like
1: trying to fight a little girl. That <laughs> is dojo. This it, it, interesting choice to cut to. <laughs> It would have been funny if she
0: just like headbutted him in the nets and he falls to
1: the ground, <laughs> but no, that's not what
0: happens. Uh, he like pretends like she trips him. Yeah, it's like, like, he's 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 training him. Yeah, you know. He's being like nice, nice sensei guy. And uh, the cops bring him in to ask him a few things about this guy and they're like, So you think he's a killer martial artist or what? He's like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> These people got their necks shoved in. I don't know. There's not really a lot of evidence to work with. No. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we get to the point of the movie, which the lieutenant asked. Well, not really the point, but part of it. He asked him if he could train his undercover cops, but Norris doesn't want to. Uh, the lieutenant mentions that there's a bunch of pushers in the city. They're making a shitload of money. And for some reason, their little town, because they're kind of a small city outside of L.A., it seems like. Yeah. Right? Santa Marina or some shit like
1: that. So it's like, this, this is the best area they could get with their budget.
0: Yep, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And <laughs> and he says that he thinks their city is the center of this operation. And by the way, Norris actually, this is like one of the few times in the movie he looks kind of cool. He's like a full, he has like brown pants with a dope-ass leather jacket. He looks yeah. super 70s.
1: Not bad. Fucking,
0: not bad at all. He's looking studly. Yeah, usually he looks like garbage. So I was I was surprised. <laughs> It's pretty surprised, and uh and so they they le- they're leaving the precinct, and I really like this part because this is the way they keep introducing Chuck Norris's character. Who, by the way, his name's Matt Logan, but we won't call him that. they no, he, of course not. They always introduce him as "This is the karate man I was telling you about." The,
1: <laughs> even the writer forgot the character's name. It's like, oh fuck, what did I call this guy again? What's his occupation? I don't know. <laughs> karate guy.
0: Karate guy. <laughs> They just they didn't know how to. Do, it wasn't like until the '80s where they really understood like how to play off the whole karate ninja stuff. No, yeah, they
1: didn't know what they were doing here. They were trying their best, but it's, it's... Chuck Norris born to be a karate master.
0: <laughs> karate meister I was talking about. Oh God! And uh, then we get a, a scene at the precinct. They're like in a little warehouse where the cops have to sign off on a bunch of the drugs that they've been getting from their arrests, and they. Have to sign him off to go get burned in a fucking incinerator. And this is when Ron O'Neill actually meets Chuck Norris, which is really cool. Two mustachioed yeah. legends. It's kind of rare. I've, I've seen it where two mustachiosos get to meet within the actual movie. So it was kind of cool to see that, even though it was like not much happened. Uh, yeah. But right, the movie does kind of keep winking at you because they always show Ron <laughs> O'Neill's face super close to the
1: camera. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: he's definitely up to something. Like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> now the one thing one big thing with the plot of this movie is that i watched this movie twice uh-huh. i watched it a couple days ago and i watched it just an hour before we started this and the the plot of like it never really came together for me i wasn't sure what the karate killer had to do with the drug operation was the killer hired to make sure to like kill any cops who like tried to bust up the drug operation is that like, is that like basically the thing
0: Yeah, he's basically... I just need...
1: need, Yeah, I just needed that cleared up, (laughs) because even having watched it twice, like, it wasn't that clear.
0: Yeah, like, the way I thought of it, like, he's like a hitman
1: for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so many scenes in this movie that... Probably revealed important important plot stuff. Just lost me completely. Oh, <laughs> so I part- know. You're, you're serious. There were parts where I was like zoning out and zoning back in. It's like, all right, what's happening now? It's like, okay, uh, now we found out who the killer was. All right.
0: Yeah the the writers did not do a good job of when they're supposed to be giving us information. You just literally it just it's like being in school again and you just stop <laughs> paying attention to them. Yeah,
1: it's so bad. And That's. And boring. I, for for someone like me, because that happened to me in school all the time. I had a terrible time paying attention. Like if your movie is doing that to me and bringing me back to that like mindset, where if I if I zone if I drift off into space for too long, and then I come back to the movie and I don't know what's going on, like you got problems, movie. <laughs> you
0: got problems. Yeah, and this movie
1: certainly has problems. <laughs> uh, Detective Russ, our
0: female protagonist of the movie, of uh, one of two uh, in this movie. The other one just eats a lot. Uh <laughs> 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 this a fucking movie, dude. Uh, and we will meet that other one soon, but uh, we're with Detective Russ, and she takes Chuck around town to kind of guilt trip him into helping. She's a genius. She, like, fucking tricked his ass. <laughs>
1: Got yeah, him. and this and this is where we get, like, the heartfelt story about Norris adopting Charlie.
0: Yes, and... a seven-year-old kid that came through. Cause, yeah, because at first we're like, oh, he has a son. But then uh, – and she's like, you see? Wouldn't you want to do something about it? And he's like, well, he's not, like, really my kid. I mean <laughs>
1: – <laughs> well, I don't actually care about him that much. <laughs> but no, yeah, he tells the whole story about – this kid, Charlie, was coming to the studio with his mother, who was an addict, and then his mother died of an overdose, and Charlie found her. And then Norris decided, you know, I'll take this child under my wing, because why not?
0: Yeah, he's going to – yeah, it's a it's a Batman-Robin-type uh, scenario there, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently that was 10 years ago, so now he's, like, closer to 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Um, we do see Charlie earlier in the movie, but we didn't know that was him. No, and honestly, he's not introduced properly. Yeah, he is not introduced properly at all. Like I was like, wait, well, which one is Charlie? They they shown Charlie? But we do get to meet him later on. Um, then they yeah. they head into this hotel, and the desk clerk I think it's isn't he from Police Academy? The desk clerk I, I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. It looked like kind of looked like him. The, the guy that like plays him, the, yeah. the main dude that's a dickhead, mm. uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we. We get a nice gross scene for no reason where this older guy is just filling uh, up a child. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Dude? Yeah, we get this scene where we uh, we meet this 15-year-old heroin addict who is prostituting herself. It is like... Yeah. She's... Guys, I, I just came here to watch Chuck Norris <laughs> kick some ass. Like, I do not need this.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that it's it's... One of the few weird, gross scenes in the movie because they could have thrown way more of this in there. Um, it being a this yeah, movie, that's
1: right. This is the only scene with Alice, isn't it?
0: Yeah, this is. They, they that, never that go just back to
1: occur- her. that. Just occurred to me now. It's like, oh, thank God we don't spend um, a whole lot of time on this. No, Russ literally used her as a device to
0: just convince Chuck to help. <laughs> she's yeah, she's just so manipulative. She was like, "Oh, I know this
1: fucking drug addict that <laughs> sleeps with older
0: guys." <laughs>
1: The one thing I do like in this scene is that, you know, after Rust and Norris arrive and like, you know, kick they, they kick her one client out, another one comes in, and then Norris just immediately starts kicking his ass. It's so and then funny. Alice is like so upset about it and she literally says, Please, Mr. Police. Yeah. I'm like you are a fifteen year old girl
0: from like a pretty good family because her dad's a has a an insurance company that's really successful, so she's a rich yeah. kid. <laughs> Mr. Police
1: uh. Mr. Police, like the fucking that fucking what was that movie? The Snowman with that poster. Please, Mr. Police, <laughs> you. I gave you, you. I gave you all the clues.
0: And also, by the way, the guy that comes into the room that fights him, he he buzzed out a switchblade, and I wrote in my notes: dude brought a knife to a roundhouse kick fight because this motherfucker gets his
1: ass whooped.
0: <laughs> so good, it's like the best fight in the movie, and it lasts like three seconds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's so good. And then after that we cut to the drugs are getting burned up in an incinerator. Uh, Detective Russ has to sign off on the paperwork. All it, this looks so suspicious already. Like Ron <laughs> O'Neill's basically winking at the camera at us like, eh, get these drugs, baby." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Chuck, Chuck goes to uh, to train and he couldn't look more bored at. Like this is one of the weirdest weirdest things. He's like He's kind of punching that – I don't know what you call this thing because I'm not into boxing, but it's like like a little rubber ball that's tied
1: from the ground into the ceiling. Yeah, one of those tiny punching bags. Yeah, and it kind of comes at you, so
0: it helps you with your reflexes and all
1: that. Yeah. Right. What I like about this is that as he's punching it, you can see like he's getting like flashbacks, thinking about drugs. To... <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he's just getting so pumped up. It's like, oh, there's so many drugs on the street ruining kids' lives. We have gotta stop them. I'm gonna fucking punch cocaine in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all he's thinking about is cocaine and then the track marks on Alice. <laughs> he's just like, fuck, I fucking hate life. Fuck this world.
1: <laughs> the war on drugs begins and ends with me, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> and this little segment lasts eh, roughly 15, 20 seconds. He goes from completely dry and clean to like he ran three miles in a yeah. 100 degree heat. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with him so yeah. he then call. he goes straight to the phone he calls the lieutenant and says i'll teach them bring them on board <laughs> then he goes onto this weird carpeted board that he does crunches on uh the, I, he looks like man-made it's a man-made workout equipment yeah this is a this is, this is a diy project that he had total DIY his gym is kind of like
1: man it's kind of regular Joe kind of gym <laughs> yeah I've never seen a piece of gym equipment with carpeting on <laughs> it you're right that's <laughs> really fucking weird now, how 70s I can f- you get <laughs> I feel like that's kind of counterproductive to the you know like controlling the, the sweat oh yeah oh you know? can you imagine smelling that carpeted piece of equipment oh oh my god oh, that's so much norris oof, norris ball scent dude so you better be able to fucking remove that and wash it because that looks <laughs> <laughs> that looks horrendous and uh around this time this is when we meet his uh basically
0: his admin but of course it's the 70s so they call her his secretary for the yeah. for the dojo
1: or whatever and i don't know her name but she her name is harriet okay harriet And I remembered, I remembered her name because she's cute. She is like honestly prettier than the one that he's supposed to like. Yeah, (laughs) she's got cute bangs. She eats a lot. That's hot, dude. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I see a brunette with bangs. It's like I can't help it. I know, dude. Same here, dude. (laughs) Uh, And I guess we would compete against the (laughs) same.
0: And uh, she, like, gives Charlie – because we meet Charlie as well. She gives him some shit because, I don't know, something like he does – she calls him Charles, and he's like, no, call me Charlie. And she's like, I'm just trying to make you look older because you, like, sport this little peach fuzz mustache.
1: This might be a weird opinion, but this is, this is a little bit of a – this is a little exchange that I honestly thought was, like, kind of charming and, like, decently acted enough. Just like, you know, oh, you know, you have a mustache. You know, you're more mature. I want to call you Charles. But he's just like, no, 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 I prefer Charlie. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it brings well. Th- this was it was weirdly charming in its own way. So I was
0: gonna tell you, a lot of Chuck Norris movies have these little warm moments for no reason because he's just nice and he likes his movies that have like nice things, like
1: yeah, <laughs> little sweet <laughs> you moments. Wanna so, you want to have like some good vibes, like some good energy before you get to you know all the ass kicking. Yeah, because most Norris movies, like he doesn't ever hurt
0: like severely hurt anyone until the very end because that's the last mm-hmm. thing he can do. It's not like yeah. other action movies where they're just fucking fools up, like, throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, he he tries yeah. to keep a nice guy, uh, nice guy image the whole movie, and he has this shit going on. But actually, you're right. You can kind of tell – and that's something I was going to mention earlier. You can kind of tell everyone had a decent time making this movie because they all seem to be having
1: a good oh, time, yeah. right? <laughs> like, I'll even, like, bring this up, like, a little bit later. There's another scene where I kind of got that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny that, you know, we're talking about this scene. It's weird that Charlie and Harriet, I think, have more kind of natural chemistry than Charlie does with Chuck Norris, <laughs> and they're supposed to be like the father-son.
0: Yeah, you couldn't tell at <laughs> you would at think. all.
1: You would think that that would be like the real emotional core of the movie, especially considering what happens later. But no, it was like with with Chuck and Charlie, I just wasn't feeling it. yeah, I mean, you, well, you know what, they didn't have the framework of the
0: of the karate kid, daniel son, Mr. Miyagi relationship because that's basically nah, what that that's was. Right,
1: nah. yeah, oh.
0: I think that's what they should have gone for, but they didn't have that that blueprint yet. but uh, no, definitely that's what not. they were trying to do. Uh, and then uh, we go back to the precinct, and the lieutenant wants the cops to start training with Chuck.'re some of them are kind of against it. But he's like, yo, we fucking need this because we don't know how many of the Foot Clan are out there. (laughs) I just think it's so funny. A bunch of cops are going to waste – first of all, they're wasting community tax dollars on going to learn how to fucking learn karate by some random motherfucker – you got guns, dude. Like, I mean, you use them too yeah. much as it is. Like, you should... like, what the fuck? How are you losing to a karate man?
1: Like, it's like, yeah, you have guns. You finally have, like, a good reason to use yeah. them. But no, this time it's like, no, we got to learn karate. We got to beat him at his own game. It's so
0: fucking weird. Uh, this movie is
1: bonkers, dude.
0: All uh, right, so. Yeah. From there, we see uh, two other detectives that weren't in that meeting, and they mentioned them, so we know who they are, but I don't remember their names. It's the one that Maybe, kind of— I'll be neither. The one of them, like, he always has, like, a little flat cap. He looks kind of, like, Scottish-looking. And then the other one is the, oh, the Chicano one... guy.
1: Yeah, one of them has, like, the beard. He's got right? a beard. Like he. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So they're the ones that are— That are So undercover. they're the ones that are— Yes.
0: And they're at, like, a— a kind of Native American Chicano type little community event. And there's like a Native American dance performance going on.
1: Yeah. It was weird. It was like a multi-ethnic celebration event that only had two ethnic groups. Yeah. Represented. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause uh,
0: Chicanos are technically Mexican and native put together like mixed. Oh, so that's okay. why. Okay. Yeah, that's why.
1: And so. Okay. I'll, I'll admit I was not aware Well, of you live in Pittsburgh. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they, uh well, <laughs> What
0: are the what are the multiple? Uh, what's the cultural identity in Pittsburgh? Uh,
1: in Pittsburgh, a lot of uh, a lot of people of Italian descent, of Polish descent. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, there's probably more that I'm forgetting.
0: I didn't know that there was such an Italian culture in Pittsburgh.
1: That's that's interesting.
0: I wouldn't know yeah. that. Either.
1: You know, we're learning about each other here, y'all. We're learning, you know, we, we're we learning, like, all the different colors of the humanity rainbow, <laughs> like, coming together. And how we both like <laughs> women with bangs that are brunettes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can all come together,
1: you know, for bangs. We
0: For bangs. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, see, <laughs> they, they run it, they find the skater kid uh, that we saw earlier in the movie and we we get a little public uh, music performance here, which is a thousand times better than the one in Jungle to Jungle, by the way. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, that one was a little closer to there, home, this performance. There's an episode I wish I would have been on. Oh, no, shit. Oh, my God. It would have been a five-hour episode if we added anyone else. And uh, the skater kid arrives at the store, and he tells the the – we don't even know this motherfucker's name. I don't even have it down. I just call him Kingpin. or uh, Well, I call him store owner slash Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Duh. clears throat> he goes upstairs and he gives the, the store owner Kingpin some, the cash. And the skater kid calls out this dude. He's like, hey, yo, there was this, th- this guy that was tailing me. He looks like he's probably a cop or something. So the store owner dude looks and he sees <laughs> um the detective sneak into the back warehouse of the store. This is such a weird... They're looking around. They're super loud. They don't have a warrant. They're just going. Like, none of the things they could find back here, I don't think, would be. Like, they're going back there without permission. So I'm not sure if they could even use anything that they find, but they do it anyway.
1: Yeah, they just kind of come barging in there. Like, did they even show the store people their credentials? It's like, hey, we're cops. No,
0: they just go back there. And we see a Foot Clan guy stalking them. But, but still, at the same time, this guy's a full-grown man. How do you not see – he kind of goes up into a little staircase area. I'm sorry. Like I don't care how fucking dark – I w- <laughs> I could sense a giant – this guy who we find out later uh, who he is, but he's big. Like he's a big motherfucker. He's like his big yeah. – <laughs> he's a huge dude. He's like Jason Momoa yeah. and shit.
1: And, you would probably – like, I don't care how stealthy you are. You might just hear the weight of his footsteps.
0: Yes. It's so yeah. weird, but they find this vat of wax, um, and the stupid cop puts his fucking hands in it. I'm like, dude, it's liquid, <laughs> and it's hot. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> fucking
1: asshole. <laughs>
0: what was the matter with you? And uh, t- did you – I'm not sure if you noticed this, Terry, but they somehow come to the conclusion by just finding a vat of wax that – They must be putting the drugs in the wax, then drying it out, (laughs) then they send it to the dealers who then melt the wax, and then the drugs rise up to the top, and that's how they're getting the drugs through the city.
1: That, yeah, that's a real fucking stretch. Like I I think I missed that piece of dialogue, but like that sounds exactly like the type of stupid fucking shit they would say. This guy
0: owns jumping to conclusions from Office Space (laughs) because holy shit. I don't know how he pulled that out of his ass, but he's a genius. That's what like, thought of that immediately. Shit. That is some Sherlock Holmes shit. And as soon as they fucking are like, oh, yeah, that's got to be it. Fucking Foot Clan dude comes through, fucking wastes their ass super quick. I don't know how he's <laughs> even killing them. I guess he just keeps shoving their fucking throats all the way through their spine or some shit.
1: I guess, and especially because the whole point is that uh, – these murders are happening under the cover of darkness, so they're not terribly well lit, so you can't even really tell what he's doing. No. It's funny that you mention it now, but, like, it just occurred to me. It's like, yeah, I'm not even... I don't even remember the specific ways in which the killer murders people. I know he's supposed to be a karate guy, so that's definitely a part of it, but I never really clearly see the exact methods of murder.
0: Exactly, The movie does not... First of all, the action scenes are caught horribly. Like, there's so many cuts... (laughs) And it's yeah. so fast, you just—it's like fighting, swinging, and then cop on the floor with his eyes closed or open. You know, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> I guess he's dead. I thought they it's were just terrible. knocked out, and nope, they're dead. Um, and then <laughs> it's so fucking weird. We get we get back to the dojo, and uh, Chuck Chuck is getting ready to train everybody. And we get this whole little scene of where he's showing them all these different moves. He kicks detective Russ gun out of her head. And she's
1: like, Oh, Oh, like she got a little like turned on by. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a scene that I was talking about earlier. It's like, I, I don't know this, this feels like uh, this, the other scene where it's, I really do feel like that everyone was just having a good time filming this because it's supposed to be like a training montage, but You know, this is before the days of, you know, Rocky IV, which invented the the model for the training montage. But in this movie, like, nobody had ever done that before. So we get, like, a very casual sort of chill training montage. And I don't know. There's something about this is so kind of laid back and, like, everyone's just having a good time. (laughs) I feel like they weren't even – I feel like they weren't even acting. I feel like the cameras were just rolling.
0: Oh, yeah. No, you're right. The were just,
1: like, chumming it up.
0: Like, it looks like a legitimate – Like it looks like the 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 director said, Chuck, just try to teach him what you would teach him if you were to be teaching cops how to fight, and they just recorded like a forty-five minutes worth of footage and brought brought it down to like ten or whatever.
1: Exactly. There's a surprisingly uh, there's a surprisingly kind of neat realism. Yes, it feels like which is weird to say. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like a
0: demonstration video. Yeah, it's weird because you find out that this one trip that chuck teaches them you have to put your hand on on your opponent's neck grab the back of their hair on the back of their head and bring them down so the way to beat chuck be bald be jason statham if he can't grab the back of your hair you got an advantage already so just
1: exactly that's kind of weirdly specific and even someone with short hair like really short hair like it'd be tough to get a good tuft of their hair in your hands yeah yeah, there are several different hairstyles which are not conducive to like being grabbed, yep. so as to pull somebody down by their head.
0: Now Terry, so it's weird. I would be okay with because Terry has long ass metal hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah, you look at it's pretty gorgeous, you're looking like
0: fucking Davy Havoc out there in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should be in for Halloween. You could probably pull that off, put some tight leather on or something.
1: You know. Uh, a co-worker actually told me that like I look a lot like Peter Steele from type of Oh negative. yeah,
0: you do kind of look like him.
1: <laughs> just like nowhere near as buff. <laughs> it's like if I could just like just start working out, then maybe I could go for him as Halloween. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're
0: like him like once the uh whatever made makes Bane big, you're like him once they <laughs> cut the tube. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so- <laughs> So that, uh, so Charlie gives his dad a, a thumbs up. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that after he meets Detective Russ, he's like, "Yo, Dad, you get yours, man." <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice that. I wish I had. He he's like, "Good job," because you know he's like, probably been around mm, Chuck this whole time, and Chuck hasn't gotten any for a while. So,
1: nah, he's <laughs> he's too busy training, too
0: busy training and winning. You know, he's being Chuck, and yeah. And then this is when we realize that Harriet. Um, has a total crush on Chuck Norris because she's nervously eat- – her bit is – throughout the whole movie, her bit is she's always eating something. S- the chips, fucking candy bars, <laughs> sandwiches. Like,
1: and she looks great. It's not like they're trying to fat shame her. No, she, she's actually a very attractive woman. Maybe not, like, dolled up to be, like, really sexy, but, like, she's a perfectly, like, pretty – woman, but, like, yeah, I guess they have this whole thing where, like, oh, she eats a lot, but... Not that you can't be big and be gorgeous, I'm just saying, but
0: stereotypically Hollywood style, like, but she's just always eating and, um, and she kind of makes a face when Charlie mentions, (laughs) like, oh, you know, that Detective Russ seems really nice, like, uh, you know, like, and uh, she's kind of like, oh, fuck that, I I want some Chuck Norris in me, like... She...
1: Harriet, Harriet, hit me up. If Chuck isn't doing it for you, then I'm available. Yeah, T- Terry will grow a mustache just so he
0: could you can think that it's Chuck Norris down there. I love me a well nourished woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the evening, and Chuck Norris decides to test Detective Russ' new reaction skills, and he sneaks up on her like Pink Panther style. He's like, ah, like fucking. <laughs> Yeah. God damn, Chuck, you can't be doing that to a cop. gonna fucking shoot you in the face, bro. Yeah. Well the, yeah. And this is, by the way, when I realized that Chuck is trying to woo this woman because he's wearing the blue sweater. He's looking nice as shit. You know, he's trying to look. He wants to take her out on a Oof. date. My man's got drip. Yes, he does. A 70s blue sweater drip. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he uh, wants to take her to a martial arts match and. You know, to kind of get her loins burning a little bit, just kind of get her warmed up a little, <laughs> all the sweaty yeah. guys and all that. And this is when we see that it's it's this guy named uh,
1: Sparks, which I call him Sparky throughout the movie because it's funnier. They, they call him both. They some they call him Sparks. Sometimes it's Sparky. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe I heard it and I just cautious, you know, consciously put it down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard it as both at different points of the movie. It's confusing. It is confusing. He's fighting
0: uh, another fighter. I forget that fighter's name, but he whoops his ass. And Chuck mentions, Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight whoever wins this bout. So the next fight he's going to have to have for the championship is going to be Spark. So, yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Sparky is like this super confident, big-headed fucking douchebag. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) And, you know, he's super confident and everything and i actually really like the next scene after the fight they go to this after party and you see sparks there and he kisses chuck on the cheek from behind which <laughs> is interesting and i right away i was like oh these guys are like frenemies like before that definite before that word even meant anything these dudes are literally frenemies because they get along but yeah. they also don't like each other you could tell <laughs> they are clearly they are clearly rivals oh yeah Yeah, there's like kind of joking around with each other and stuff. Like there's like a part where I think Russ tells Spark, hey, um, you have a really good kick. And he goes, oh, all I need to do is just get my leg up to here. And he puts his face like right up next to Chuck's face. And all Detective (laughs) Russ says is she brings his leg down slowly. And She goes,
1: excuse me. Yeah, that was rude. He's rude. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, like something about it is like it's not written to be like snappy or clever. She's just like, oh, that was rude. <laughs> Stomping rude. And then we though,
0: because he was such a weird delivery. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my yeah, God. And uh, she gets a call, so she heads out to the other room. Chuck's kind of doing a little walk around to the party. Uh, we're just following him. No one's talking to him because he's boring as shit, guaranteed. <laughs> he, he runs into his kid. Charlie and he's flirting with these two ladies, just pimping it up, having a good time. And then he goes to see Detective Russ, and she's like, "Uh oh!" Like you could tell from her face, some shit popped off. And we head to this like under a fucking highway bridge, dude. I don't know who's doing. I don't know if this is. First of all, I'm trying to figure out because you know later on in the movie we're going to be able to know who's doing all this. So I'm trying to figure out who. Mm Who put the two detectives like placed the, almost Friday the Thirteenth style when Jason started kind of staging the bodies?
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> like why would you? It's weird. And how did the killer manage to do this without being caught? Because the impression that I got was that the bodies were placed either within or not very far from where like the little multi ethnic uh, festival. Oh, you're was right. Going yeah, on. it looks
0: like they're right in that same spot.
1: Yeah. So how the killer was able to do that undetected is strange, and the fact that they did it at all. You're right. It is a very like pre-Friday the 13th where like the killer wants to show off – like the killer wants to show off his accomplishments.
0: Yes. It is so weird. They put a sombrero – first of all, they put the sombrero on the wrong guy. They put, they put it on the <laughs> yeah. white guy. Uh, maybe just <laughs> to be ironic. And they have their arms over each other, and I think one of them is holding something. I can't remember. I'm trying to. Re- I, I might put this on the. I might put this on the on the Twitter because it's really weird. But yeah, they stage. them, um, and they just kind of look like two drunk guys falling asleep together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. they're dead. Uh, they fucking died, and we get this super sad scene. Uh, well, it's not really that sad because this movie really doesn't make you feel much.
1: But uh, no, it's but like the to be sad. Most... <clears throat> The most, uh, this is the most emotionally dramatic weight that I felt in the whole movie was this next scene where Chuck Norris is consoling Rust back at her place.
0: Yeah, and of course he says, "I don't know what to say." Of course you don't know what to say, Chuck. You never say anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. <dead> Get inside, dude. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what to say. Yes, that's very clear by now. <laughs> He's like, and Rust is, and Rust, like, this is like her real Oscar oh, she moment. She's it. tearing up. And she's talking about how, you know, you know, my life depended on theirs and theirs on mine, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, this is also another scene where there's a Christmas tree on the back in the background that is not addressed.
0: No. And it's actually maybe one of the better <laughs> trees. Uh, and of course, it's Detective Russ's place. So she's she, it's a nice looking she tree. She pretty much pones this whole movie. She even does trees better than everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, she was the only one like really bringing. She it. is, and I will give this movie credit, and it it, it makes for a because they actually do have decent chemistry compared to like if you've seen if you start watching other Chuck movies, you'll see that actually Chuck Norris is and um, I, I'm trying to think of the actress that plays Rust. Uh, her name is um, Jennifer O'Neill. S- Jennifer, yeah, yes. so them <clears throat> them two actually have decent chemistry compared to other movies. I've seen Chuck Yes. Yeah. Really? Uh, <laughs> you can at least tell they get along. Um, you know, for the most part. But That's true. What yeah. I'll give the movie credit for is in reality, when you've just met a woman and you've only known her for like three or four days, because the this movie maybe takes place over like a couple of weeks, maybe at the most. At the most. Yeah. And it's gonna make sense for because in my mind, just from watching so many of these kind of movies, I'm waiting for them to make out. I'm like, oh, she's vulnerable. Her her k- partners died. She, you know that automatically makes her horny in the movies, right? Um, that, <laughs> yeah. That's not true in this movie because they don't you know do what? anything you're, about that.
1: You're right. Chuck does not take advantage of a woman in a uh, vulnerable state. Like no. you do, got to give him credit for it. He's he's uh, like on the other side uh, of the he couch. He's a noble man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's, he's not even next to he's her. He's like, well, you know... <laughs> he doesn't even, like, hug her or console her. He's just, like, far away. He's like, well, fuck, your friend's done. Yeah, it's
1: like... It's it's good that he's not being creepy, but at the same time, it also kind of goes in the other direction where he just doesn't seem to have, like, any sort of sensitivity yeah. about it at all. He's like,
0: I'm a robot. I, just, I can't feel... <laughs>
1: Uh, are, are you going to like c- cry or something because I, I, I can leave. Don't make this weird
0: lady. I just, I just met you. People cr- people
1: crying freaks me out.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> it would have been funny if she was crying and they're standing up and you just see like his big toe wipe a tear off her face because he's doing like a
1: because
0: <laughs> he's so good with his kicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be so cool. So anyway
0: <laughs>
1: so, God damn it, you got me Because
0: right <laughs> so, you can see it in your head, it'd just be perfect. Yeah. So we're back in the dojo. Charlie is sparring with Chuck, his his pops, and Charlie's like bitching about how he wants to be in a real competition. He's like, dude, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to do this. And Chuck is like, Alright, yeah. well then let's fight for real, motherfucker. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Prove it, bitch. And he just whoops his ass like in 10 seconds. He just punches him <laughs> right in the gut. Just boom, dude. Damn. Right to the floor. And I, it, you could tell – I think what the movie was trying to tell us is that Chuck has a lot of – he's frustrated with everything that's going on in the case. He's not a cop, so he doesn't know how to fucking solve any crimes. <laughs>
1: no. He was kind of just thrust into this. Yeah, he's useless. A situation uh... – <laughs> situation that he is not used to dealing with yeah
0: He's just wanted to focus on his fighting career and training his kid and now he's in the mix
1: of all this stuff yeah he's tra- he's training small children and the yeah, they, yeah they, they they pull him out of that to solve a murder case
0: <laughs> it's crazy man <laughs> and i so i think the movie's trying to show like he's frustrated like as frustrated enough where he's fighting his own kid and he fucking busts him with the goddamn gut like a son of a bitch <laughs> And they kind of make up, you know, they go to the locker room and and he tells Charlie, look, after all this detective shit, you know, after the crime is solved, we'll take it seriously. We'll get you into some competitions or whatever.
1: Yeah, this is a scene where I really noticed because this scene comes right after, you know, the scene with him and Rust and when Rust is very emotional. And yeah, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, the father son chemistry between these two is just a real no go.
0: Yeah, they should have just <laughs> made it to where he was a kid whose, whose mom died, and so he goes to the dojo for structure and to have, like, a mentor. It should have been something yes, like someone that. someone to look up to. Uh-huh. But they went ahead and worked in the whole he went to the courts to be able to get <laughs> yeah. parental you know authority over this kid. Like, you didn't have to say any of that. You could have just said he was his mentor, and it would have no. been fine. I, that I can believe because it does look like he – they have a ment. He has a you know like there's like a mentorship uh, relationship there. Absolutely, yeah. But the father son thing, it just falls right down to the ground. Like it's just you just don't believe it, you know. No. And so and, and a lot of it is just because the kid's trying as hard as that actor, but
1: Chuck is just so dead inside. He just can't fucking do it, man. Exactly. Like the, the guy playing Charlie is it he's like doing a, decent a decent actor? Job, like, yeah. like you said, he's he's like he's trying to bring it. He's like giving it his best. Yeah but this material is uh, not enough yeah this this whole relationship is such a no sell such a an- no-sell. by the way it was this scene after
0: they hug where I was like oh something's gonna happen to Charlie <laughs> so-
1: yeah they really kind of they really kind of telegraphed what's gonna yeah, happen this movie
0: super predictable while at the same time not <laughs> making sense which is really yeah. weird. <laughs> It's it's a real, it's a real fucking enigma. It's a fucking enigma for sure, dude. So then Chuck goes to speak with one of his old comrades. By the way, this scene is so random. It's they never revisit this motherfucker. I don't even remember his name. But he goes to speak to one of his old friends from Special Forces. So we find out. Yeah, what even is this? Yes, this is like a whole other movie. Were they shooting something different? I'm so confused. He goes to speak to some guy that he was in special forces with in Vietnam, and he's like, dude, can you think of anyone that we were with that could be in the drug business now? And his partner says, uh, well, there was like literally thousands of us that are spread out all over the country. It could be fucking anybody, dude. I don't know what to tell you. We all have PTSD. Do you fucking cry in the, mor- in the middle of the night? <laughs> like I do. So, So, yeah, it could be any of us, man. I don't know what to tell you. So no fucking help there. We just get to see another example of why Chuck is not a detective. Um, and then Detective Russ is just questioning random skateboarders so even the cops are fucked. They're like there's literally <laughs> like a million skateboarders in California. It's like where yeah. it started. It's like good luck. I mean fuck. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Like they're, que- I'm not kidding everyone. They they're questioning skateboarders because they're trying to find this blonde kid that is in the middle of this drug thing. He's like a fucking mule, basically.
1: Just, yeah, just like find all skateboarders. Okay, great. Well, that really that really fucking narrows it down. <laughs> they have like Peralta
0: there. They fucking have a young Tony Hawk. He's like a baby.
1: <laughs> now is this is this the scene where like some of the detectives are just like drinking and doing coke? <laughs> is this where we've gotten to? I think so. cuz this is yeah, yeah. cuz this is the part of the movie. This is the part of the movie where like plot-wise I start really getting lost. Oh, you Like a lot of this stuff just starts running okay,
0: together. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I think I know what talking, where, where we see Ron O'Neill and he's he's at the table with the Stoner guy.
1: Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That's
0: that happens. So, basically what happens is Charlie starts talking to one of the other fighters and he tells him, "Yo, um uh he tells them Sparks has a really dope place where he trains there's like a fucking there's a spa there's a, there's a hot tub there's all this cool shit and i think okay. i think what happens is charlie realizes that's weird why would sparks have access to some really fancy luxurious like compound basically to train at <laughs> or like a mansion so he leaves a message for harriet to have chuck call him because now he has suspicions that maybe Sparks is involved in this or else how would he have all this money? Because he, he's not winning as much as Chuck, yet he has yeah. all this money. So the movie doesn't okay. explicitly say all this. <laughs> I just pulled it from and, watching.
1: And and that's the problem. Like You kind of have to extrapolate it from these like, very dull bad scenes script scenes. all just like...
0: Yes, yeah, from very bad scripted <laughs> yeah. scenes. You have to kind of pull this from it. So then Charlie goes... And you know the only reason I knew Charlie was suspecting it was because he doesn't just go to the place. He 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 parks. By the way, he should have parked a way further distance because it's very obvious he showed up. He tries to hide <laughs> in the fucking like shrubs and the bushes, and he sees uh, Ron O'Neill, who is a fucking cop. He sees him mm-hmm. with Stow owner slash kingpin. And they're doing coke, and obviously Ron brought the coke from the precinct, so he's not burning the yeah. drugs. He's keeping them, nope, selling them to the stoner kingpin, and then the kingpin is throwing them in wax, se- selling them to drug dealers. The drug dealers <laughs> are melting the wax. They pull the- – they extract the drugs from the
1: wax. <laughs> obviously.
0: Dude, I fucking-
1: almost lost my breath trying okay. to get the premise out. <laughs> this- this is a carefully thought out plan. Jesus, carefully thought out operation. Oh, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> so, and then we see uh, this is when we find out Sparky is part of this whole thing because I think I'm not sure. I think it's the stone or kingpin. He's like, "Hey, come get your come get your snacks, Sparky." And Spark what? comes through and he fucking snorts some coke. What this is what's crazy. So, you know, fucking Charlie sees. He can see that. Sparky is doing the coke but then somehow Sparky comes around behind him and sneaks up on him and is like I got you bitch and I'm like dude did you not keep your eye on Spark <laughs> like <laughs> he was right there how did you lose him what the fuck? and then there's this big fight um, they go back and forth they get into a little bit of water and he just beats the shit out of Charlie you know I wasn't sure if Charlie yeah. was dead or not at first I, I, I thought maybe they were going to hold him hostage maybe try to bait uh, chuck out there and then kill chuck you know
1: something like that i was also i was also very confused i did not realize that this is the scene where charlie just fucking dies yeah yeah because then the next time we see him is at the coroner's place yes at the uh uh what the fuck's the place What what is the place called the uh um the coroner's place the, the corner's place there's like the morgue. Yeah. That's I for some reason that word slipped my mind. But yeah, the morgue. Yeah, he's at the morgue. Next time we see him is there, and I remember the first time watching it, I was just like, wait a minute, he died? Like what the fuck happened? How did he <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so <laughs> great. Yeah, he got his ass
1: kicked. It's not <laughs> Yeah. He just got his ass kicked so bad, but it's like they don't I just thought that he just got beat up. I didn't think they he was beat to death. Same,
0: same. I felt the exact <laughs> same almost when they lift a the little thing over and I was like Wait, the fuck, he died? And so then we find out that they pumped him a full of drugs and, like, left track marks so the cops would think that he was still doing drugs.
1: Yeah, wow. right. Mm-hmm. and
0: Chuck is just pissed the fuck off, and this is when he says, like, whoever did this, they're going to fucking pay, you know, or some shit like that.
1: He has, like, some Ooh. really dry line that he gives uh, at this moment. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, she gets serious. He he doesn't seem that, he doesn't seem that broken up about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, he kind of...
1: You know, we really built it up at the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, you know, this kid's like a son to me. You know, I really took him in after his mother died, so I've been raising him. You know, I am legally in custody of him, so, like, I very much care about him. But then he he dies, and he's just like, oh, man... Might have to do something about
0: this. Yeah, I've seen people cry over like dead guinea pigs, more like, like, yeah, <laughs> there's just nothing to this thing. Um, Detective Russ meets up with Chuck at a, There's like a whole scene where she meets up with Chuck at a rest at a like a Chinese restaurant or something. And apparently, they're going there because a lot of karate dudes hang out there, so maybe they could find somebody that could be of interest and they could talk to them. So yeah. we see Sparky is there and Chuck gets out of his car to go meet up with Detective Russ. Sparky's way up top. It's actually one of the cooler little sequences where he jumps off the top of the building for no reason and just drop yeah. kicks the shit out of Chuck. <clears throat> and they go back and forth. It's really funny because Sparky uh by the way, we yeah, we've learned at this point that Sparky is uh the Foot Clan guy. Yes. And,
1: Sparky is our killer. Yeah, he's
0: our killer. He's the the hitman for this whole drug. Ring that seems like there's only three people involved, and <laughs> and he attacks. He attacks him with nunchucks at first, and like there's a good little back and forth. But then these guys come from the back of the restaurant. They're like both like I don't know the bus boys or something. They're throwing out some food. And as soon as Sparky sees them, he freaks out. He runs away, but not before Chuck gets thrown into a trash can. He's got all this shit all over him. (laughs) And then you start hearing the – you hear the restaurant guys speaking in a native language, and I'm assuming – in their native language. And I'm assuming they're saying, these stupid white dudes trying to be ninjas (laughs) We're
1: just trying to run a good (laughs) restaurant over here.
0: (laughs) These motherfuckers are ruining our Okay,
1: honestly, that's pretty great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I imagined they were saying. I was like, I don't know the language, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're saying. So then Chuck has this whole back and forth. This is kind of where it does get really – from here, the movie falls apart because Chuck – Oh, no. Yeah.
1: No, seriously. In my notes, at this point, like I have literally written in my notes. I will read the exact thing that I wrote. I wrote, quote, at this point, the plot has totally lost me. (laughs) To me, the last half hour of the movie is just find the murdering karate man. (laughs) And from there, I just like I really don't know what's going on. There's some shit about drugs. I don't know, man. This is really, t- <laughs> this is really tough to follow. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like the hearing you describe th- these past couple of scenes, it's coming back to me. But it's also just, it's not even like, yeah, it just melts. i kind of remember, I'm kind of remembering it, but I'm also just like. Oh yeah, that scene. Uh-huh. I
0: do have a weird talent of making movies that are complete like just messes and I try to say I'm I'm almost like the guy when he was very the very beginning first trying to tell the the studio what the movie's going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> but then he actually makes the movie and it's a complete garbage mess. That that's what happens. <laughs> so I'm sort of like re uh bringing it back to formula, I guess or some shit. So for some reason Chuck doesn't want to tell the detective that he was attacked and I don't know why. I don't know why he doesn't want to say, I was attacked by the Foot Clan guy y'all been talking about. He doesn't want to tell her. I think it's because he wants to kill that motherfucker. So he wants to yes. keep the cops off the scent. That must be it. And um, I just figured that out right now. And, <laughs> uh, and so then... <laughs> so did I. And then we get like a, a little bit of back and forth where he's... we Well, he finds out about Charlie. Then him and Detective Rust are back at his place. And she mentions that he has that fight tomorrow and your son just died. You need time to just chill. And I'm like, dude, is he even going to fight? Like, I don't know if I would fight if my adopted son died the next, like the next day, bro. Like,
1: yeah, maybe. But at the same time, based on uh, Chuck's emotional state, it doesn't seem like he's that torn up by it. So maybe he is in good shape to fight. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's in a perfectly fine mental, emotional mood he's he's like oh you know kid died ah oh, whatever yeah, he like went walk it <laughs> he off he wins
0: the fight and the announcer goes up to him and he goes this fight was for carl i mean charlie i, I, I have fucked <laughs> up his name i'm sorry um, so the the detective mentions that they found red wax because uh we get a scene where basically the only detectives that are left are the detective that always wears the bucket hat uh, and then there's the white guy detective, and then there's Detective Rust. The rest of them have pretty much been disposed of, and uh, and plus we got Lieutenant there doing nothing, uh, and so <laughs> yes. we got Rust and 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 the used car salesman one, and they're talking, and he re- the he mentions, yo, but there's this red wax that we found on both the detectives that died under the highway there, and none of them had red shoes like fucking Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, so why would they have red <laughs> wax under their nails? <laughs> So, the doc mentions that it's used, it's a wax that's used for skis. So, this is when they realize, oh, this must be happening at a sporting goods store. But the problem with that is there's a fuckload of sporting goods stores in California. So, it could literally be <laughs> fucking thousands of different locations where this could be happening. Yeah. So, they're basically, they're fucked. They don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> they eventually, um, the cops are able to run into some blonde dude who I thought was the skater kid, but it's not. He's some other dude that know, that buys drugs, and they they find him. They start questioning him.
1: No, yeah, I I even had that in my notes. It's like I even wrote that. Okay, they find a kid who looks almost identical to the skateboard kid at the beginning of the like, movie. Could you
0: not find someone that just looks slightly different
1: than that dude? Yeah, get some get someone with like you know jet black hair instead. Like, give us some yeah something <laughs> like easy some easy
0: to discern difference. So annoying because I was confused. I was like, oh cool, they found the skater kid, so they'll probably get him to, That's... to you know to confess what he's doing.
1: That's exactly what I thought. It's like, oh, they caught the kid, and now he's going to confess. But no, then you start to hear him talking about, oh, I know that guy, but – Yeah, <sighs> and somehow this yeah. whole interrogation
0: leads them to going to that warehouse at the sporting goods store. So he at least gives them a lead on where it could possibly be coming from, and so Detective Rust and, and car salesman Detective go. And they run into Ron O'Neill, who, for some reason, it's really funny because it's almost like he was already there. And he's like, oh, yeah, No, I uh, heard about this as well. And uh, I've already checked the whole place. And this place is clear. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here, y'all. I mean, I think we're good. Nothing to see here, folks. (laughs) He looks so suspicious. Like, he looks so bad. And he just leaves the place. And right away, we see... Because I'm pretty confident Detective Rust has – she might be the one that has the medium powers because she is able to figure out everything on a whim somehow. She she figures shit out pretty she does. quickly. Uh, she she yeah. thinks back at the incinerator scene and like her having to sign off on that, and she thinks about all the drugs that were on that paper and then the drugs that they've been finding on these people. So they're, she's like, wait a minute he could be in on this, blah, blah, blah. So that's when she starts. She speaks to the lieutenant. There's a scene there, and the lieutenant tells her, you better have some strong evidence because if you come in um, trying to accuse an officer of them doing this, this could ruin his or her career, whether they did it or not, because it's always going to be a mark on them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, whatever, but nothing really comes from it. But she does run into Ron O'Neill, who tells her, hey, I'm going to go to that fight tonight where Chuck Norris is fighting uh, Sparky. And he's like, you want to go to the fight together? And she's like, no, because I think you might be fucking in the (laughs) – I think you might be a crooked cop, but she doesn't say that. But you can see it in her face. (laughs) And she says she's going to go with Chuck's secretary. um, What's her her name? Harriet. Harriet. And Russ – I think – so then from there, Russ picks up the secretary, and she's like, we have one quick stop to go to before we get to the fight. And, of course, she's eating. Harriet's eating.
1: (laughs) That classic bit. (laughs)
0: By the way, I can't stand it when a character is doing this stuff in movies. Like if they're always chewing gum or they're always eating, smoking. I I don't know why. It drives me crazy. I get it. It's a good bit for some characters, but it just drives me crazy. I'm like, come on. You're more than that. (laughs) You don't have to be snacking every fucking scene. So it's almost time for the fight, but they head to Ron O'Neill's place. She goes in. She starts looking around. And then Chuck Norris, is they call him out to the ring because he's about to go fight Sparky. And I swear, dude, I think I heard people booing him. <laughs> really? No! <laughs> oh, we like Sparky! <laughs> he's, like, he's not even a beloved. Chuck,
1: Chuck Norris didn't care when his son died, so fuck <laughs> yeah. him.
0: Yeah, we heard he didn't even fucking cry. Didn't even. Cry. guy's dead inside. <laughs> fuck that dude.
1: He didn't have anything to say to Rust when those two other detectives died. <laughs> He is an insensitive soul.
0: Oh, shit. So then uh, we see Harriet. She's growing impatient because she's ran out of food to eat. Uh, Then Russ. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Russ finds some coke (laughs) in the bathroom shelf. The fucking store owner, kingpin guy, comes in with a gun. He points it to her, and it looks like she's screwed. But then all of a sudden. Fucking Harriet comes in and kicks his gun out of his hand like a damn Marvel versus Camp character. When you like, you press the button, <laughs> yeah. and they like sneak to the screen and do something, and then go back. That's basically what happens in that scene.
1: Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and, Harriet gets her badass action movie moment, and it's fantastic. It
0: is. She fucking rocks it, dude. <laughs> and, but but tell me about tell me what you think about this. A fucking detective has a civilian hold a gun toward a drug
1: kingpin guy
0: she just leaves him with him.
1: This is yeah, this is not the way to go about this. Like you couldn't you couldn't give Harriet like instructions on to like go to the fight for like whatever needs to be done <laughs> yeah. there and then like you the person with the badge can stay with the criminal.
0: <laughs> Seems so irresponsible. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, then we get this like fucking we get back to the fight with Sparky and Norris. It's not even a cool montage, but like you said, you're right, dude. They really hadn't mastered this yet. There's no template to how to make a fight scene look cool. Yeah, uh, and this is they're they're just not quite there yet uh, in this movie. But they, they you know they it, plus I think the movie knew this is going to be the final fight between the him and Sparky. So let's just kind of get through this. And yeah, then all of a sudden Sparky sees the cops coming into the arena. And it's so funny. Like, of course he's a dude that does a lot of cocaine because he sees the cops from a distance. He assumes they're coming for him. And he just fucking takes <laughs> off running. He just,
1: just hauls ass out Like, of they there. don't even
0: have any evidence that you're the guy, bro. Like, you could just pretend you're fighting. <laughs> what's, oh, yeah. what's wrong with you? <laughs> so two of the detectives start working their way toward Ron O'Neill, who's at the fight. He tries to grab an old white lady as a hostage, but Chuck just easily kicks the gun <laughs> from behind him.
1: So stupid.
0: <laughs> he kicks a gun out of his hand, which, by the way, could have gone off and shot the old lady, but it didn't, thank God. And the lieutenant comes in. He gives he gives Ronald O'Neill a very disappointing look. Uh, <laughs> we don't see Ronald O'Neill again uh, for the rest of the movie. So uh, let's assume he got arrested and now he's you know nope. getting interrogated. Um, yeah. Sparky steals a dude's car. Chuck tries to jump in. He isn't able to get in. He commandeers a cop car like he's playing GTA. He doesn't even ask anybody. He's like, you know what? I've been working <laughs> no. for them. It's basically mine. <laughs>
1: it's like, I don't have to. It's just like how you don't need a warrant to <laughs> to arrest a guy who you think has drugs. Exactly. Yeah, just bring into to his apartment.
0: <laughs> and uh, he catches up to Sparky, even though, honestly, he had a really good lead on, on him. So I don't even know how he caught up. Those cop cars, I guess, are crazy fast and uh, Santa Marina so they, they must be. be so they drive out into the sticks Sparky uh, because it's just easier
1: to film there <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably don't need permits yeah. I don't know it looks like they totally
0: did not need permits for this part like just they're like fuck it if
1: if you are filming in the middle of nowhere then yeah
0: <laughs> if they shot this in chronological order they ran out of money they were just like fuck it let's just go out here to the grass and we'll see what happens <laughs> So Sparky uh, is able to lose them because the cop car goes into, like, a ditch area. He gets to the big old house that they were at before. He grabs a big old box, uh, which was those cop boxes they were using to, like, burn up the drugs where they were supposed to be burning up the drugs.
1: Yeah. And
0: he grabs it, goes back into his car, and it's really – I know they're trying not to make it look funny, but it looks really funny to see uh, Sparks, who's in, like, his little fighting uniform, like these little jogger pants looking thing. And he's like kind of running really (laughs) fast. He doesn't have a shirt on. He's just like running really fast. and It's really hilarious. (laughs) It's almost like a British sitcom type situation. It's like Red Skeleton or something. It's pretty great. Yeah, and so he runs back into the car. Finally Chuck is able to get the car out of the ditch and he blocks the road and Spark runs into it. Chuck gets out of the car. They start fighting. We get our final fight scene.
1: We get our final shirtless fight. Which by
0: the way in Silent Rage, he also fights off, like, a little dirt path in the grass or, like, in the woods. <laughs> so I guess this is a Chuck Norris staple, just fucking fighting the wilderness, you know, for your of fight.
1: Maybe just, like, uh, locations like this give you enough space to kind of work, I guess. Maybe that's important. Yeah, yeah. I-, I think so. That's just my guess. There's a lot
0: of loose dirt. doesn't really... Hurt as much, I guess. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> there's like pretty much nothing but slow mo. It's all slow mo, pretty much.
1: No, yeah. This entire sequence, like from the fighting tournament up until this scene, just like I have just completely forgotten about it. Like, I know what happens, <laughs> but the specifics, the specifics I have totally forgotten about. I know that they're fighting. I know that they were fighting in the ring and then there was a car chase and now they're fighting in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> that's that's all I could say about this ending. And now they're fighting, and they're shirtless. And they're
0: shirtless, and
1: and they have a big cube of drugs. Big cube of
0: drugs, and Chuck is able to knock him down. And he was about to give him a finishing move, but Russ stops him. Like she literally points her gun at him and says, "You need to not do this. Like we need a we need to arrest this <laughs> motherfucker." So he backs off yeah. and he looks toward her but fucking of course Sparky gets a second cocaine wind and he grabs <laughs> a giant box of coke and he throws it at Chuck's fucking back of his head which would have probably knocked him out but Chuck turns around and fucking just punches the shit out of it and now the cocaine yeah. goes everywhere so now fucking Rust and Chuck Norris are full of fucking coke in their bloodstream. <laughs> so they are feeling this shit and he goes and he Puts he puts uh, Sparky like in a reverse headlock where his neck is on his shoulder, but his body's behind him, and just fucking, yeah. like <laughs> fucking... That's the first time we see something where like, yeah, uh, that guy's dead now. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it's the only part of the movie where I was really thinking like, ooh, that uh, that didn't look good. That's gotta yeah. hurt. <laughs> like,
0: oh man, uh, Pretty sure –
1: that was like the one. That was like the one stunt in this movie where, like, watching it, I actually thought that. Yeah, they were like, Oof. it's like, ooh,
0: well, that spark will never light again. To tell you that,
1: <sighs> no. <laughs> That spark has been blowing up <laughs> like a candle in the wind. In the
0: middle of the California woods. Then all the woods <laughs> catch fire. And then, um, so, so yeah, so he's dead, and then he walks up to Detective Russ. She still has her gun out, but uh, they, they <laughs> slow-motion embrace and uh, credits as she dangles the gun behind him. I like to think... She they shot him in the
1: back. Yeah, yeah, just ends, just gives up right there. They just embrace. Yeah, they don't even kiss because there's no fucking romantic tension like you would think there would be. Yeah,
0: I don't know. And I, I could have no. sworn, I could be way off because I do so many of these shows pretty drunk. But I could have sworn somebody <laughs> said that Chuck Norris never wanted to have a lot of romantic stuff because of something with his wife or something like that. But I could be way off base. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought
1: maybe I heard about that because it does – it really is weird for him. You know? I wouldn't uh, – that wouldn't be unprecedented. Sometimes you, there are dudes who are so, like, uh, you know, devoted to their wives. So, like, even in the movies, even in these fictional things that they do, they're just like, oh, I don't want to be portrayed as a ladies' man because I am a happily married man, and I don't want people to think otherwise. Yeah. I've heard of that you happening. Know, it could be something like before. That.
0: Could be, but uh, as you know, everyone, I do like to honor these movies with a quick impression, and uh, honestly, not a lot to choose from in this movie. But uh, and you probably won't even remember where this this line came from. But uh, here's a segment I like to call quick impressions. <laughs> quick impressions.
1: God damn it. God. Damn it. Murphy and Johnson, they
0: were handy guys.
1: I mean, if they ran into a professional fighter, they could stand... One of them could stand ten
0: feet away and dust him off with a piece, right? I can do that. Oh, God damn it! Uh, Murphy and Johnson were handy guys. Um, uh, If you ran into a professional fighter, they they could stand... Well, one of them could stand ten feet away and dust him off with a piece. Uh, I could do that. And that is an impression of Lieutenant Dunn doing an impression of Jimmy Stewart. Um, not a good one, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh it's going to be better when they hear the audio of him actually saying all that because it's ridiculous. His voice <laughs> is ridiculous. I need to watch more of that guy's movies. I don't know if he talks like that in every fucking. Like, that's just how he talks, but he sounds like Jimmy <laughs> Stewart. It's really weird. Um, he does. So yeah. as you know, Terry, I do like to rate these movies by my mustaches and uh, the ghost full Fu Manchu recommendation, walrus mustache recommendation for pretty damn good horseshoe mustache for eh, not bad. And of course, the dreaded Hitler mustache for burn this movie in hell. How <laughs> how would you uh, rate this this movie?
1: I would give this movie a reluctant horseshoe mustache because this is a very bad movie. But it's it's one of those tough things where it's a very bad movie that I can't bring myself to hate. So that's why I, I don't give it the Hitler mustache. I give it the horseshoe. Yeah, I agree. There's like, the premise is very promising. Like, I don't know, it's a real tough one because it is not a legitimately good movie by any means, but it's also not so bad it's good. But at the same time like I do kind of see a movie that I don't know if you're into this type of thing I could see someone enjoying this even for all of its flaws. Yeah. So I give it a horseshoe. If you're into Chuck Norris movies, if you're into these types of movies, who knows? You know, check it out. You give might it a like chance. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, I completely agree. I give this a <sighs> Mid-tier Horseshoe. It's not in the lowest part of it, but it's definitely mid-tier Horseshoe movie. Yeah. Um As far as Chuck – if if we were doing a Chuck Norris, uh, like basing it off Chuck Norris movies just from the amount I've seen, which probably like six Chuck Norris movies. I haven't seen them all. There's a lot mm-hmm. I have to catch up on. But I've probably seen about six Chuck Norris movies. This one is definitely one of the better ones, which is kind of crazy. But it, it really is because I think there's a Oof. lot of good – um the, I think there's more characters in this movie. I think there's there's better actors in this movie. I think he does a better job of not seeming. Believe it or not, even though he still seems dead inside, he seems <laughs> almost human in this movie. He smiles no, yeah. and jokes a little bit and um, stuff like that, but not really. It's a, a little bit. So no, yeah, yeah.
1: I agree Th- there is at least like a little shred of personality to this movie. Yeah. And the, the, But even with that being said, the fact that you say that this is one of the better ones that you've seen, like, I shudder to think like what the rest of them are like. I, in fact, want to bring you on more Chuck Norris episodes just to put you through
0: the, the ringer.
1: I mean, if you want to torture me, then OK, sure. Because it would I'm be down kind of that. amazing
0: to find one you really like. Like, maybe we can find one that you're just like, oh, this is the greatest Chuck Norris movie of all time. Maybe.
1: You never know. You really don't I'm I'm open to suggestion, you know. But you are definitely on the nose,
0: Terry, about the fact that it's one of those movies that it's not it's it's a it's a movie that you it's watchable, it's decent, it's not so bad it's good, it's not it's not really good, it doesn't really keep your interest the whole time.
1: There's so many points, like I've mentioned you know several times like there's so it's many points you. where it it just lost me i was just zoning yeah. out it's like okay nothing interesting is going on they're talking about like drugs and you know like, like i don't know what this is very generic dialogue uh it's a good
0: hangover movie like say you get up in the morning <laughs> and you're kind of feeling shitty and you just kind of need some audio running and you'll come to every now <laughs> and then play this movie you'll you'll exactly. pop in yeah. maybe you'll see a fight scene you know uh you'll see the foot clan guy doing his thing good old sparky uh you yes. know it it's it's not too loud uh <laughs> There's not a lot of music to it.
1: It's not too loud. That is a hell of a compliment to give him. Like how it's, many it's, guns it's go off in loud. this movie? Like three bullets. I don't even. Like know. three in total. It's like I forgot that there even were there even. I forgot that there even was gunfire in this movie at all. This
0: must be like the first cop movie to have the least amount of bullets. Like this has like a record. It's a cop movie. Definitely a cop. Yeah. It's a procedural cop movie with the least amount of bullet shot. I think you're right. Yeah, it's really bonkers. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Anyway, Terry, do you have anything you'd like to plug for the show? Are there any episodes where people can check you out and uh, see what you do? Are any projects you want people to know about?
1: No projects coming up. At least, like, not like right now. Okay, but you know, I'm always on the grind, Ben. Uh, What? (laughs) I mean, the last time I was on The Grind, bin, I was on The Executioner Part 2, where I got way too drunk to the point where I was just not contributing anything of substance, and I feel bad, because... Been there before, baby. I just just had so little to say about this movie. I think I just have to stop agreeing to do action movie episodes, because those are the ones that I always have the least to say about. (laughs) But sometimes I just go on anyway because I'm just like, oh, it'll be a fun time. But it's like, no, I just don't have anything to say. So I just drink way too much, and I just get really annoyed. Well,
0: that movie sucked balls, so um, (laughs) I totally get you just wanting to get wasted because
1: not fun. But, I mean, this episode, like – I did fucking great. I thought you were awesome.
0: (laughs) This is your feature episode. Like if you ever, if anyone asks like for a portfolio of your your podcast, (laughs) podcasting portfolio, this is top notch right here. I'll just say (laughs) it.
1: Um, have you ever been on the bits yet? Have you been on bloody bits? I've been on the bloody bits a couple of times. Uh, Uh, me and Shane should have been on a couple of more times, but like uh, there's just been some bad luck with some scheduling conflicts, but we should be on soon enough.
0: Yeah, man. I definitely want to get y'all on uh, I would love to be on an episode with y'all on the Bloody Bits Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, sometime soon we can all jump on there. I'll talk to Eddie and see what we can do, but other than that y'all, thank you again Terry for jumping in and
1: coming onto the show and talking some fucking Chuck Norris with me, dude Yeah, well, thank you, Daniel. It's always a great time to be on this show. It was I was at first I was kind of nervous being on here by myself because like I'm not uh, I don't know, sometimes like I'm not really sure how well I do without Shane. To like go off of, but I don't know. You did great, dude. I feel like I feel like this time I kind of held, I, I held my own well enough. Oh man, dude, you
0: shine like
1: the the
0: the sun, <laughs> the sun basking off of Chuck Norris's chest hair. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all. I'll check y'all later. Have a good one. Bye.